0: Right, the thing is, on today's episode, we've got Paul Reed back again, right? And we also have Charlie, and Elliot, and Gary, and they're going to be discussing some discipleship. Alright?
1: Alright, hey Paul, last week you left us kind of on a cliffhanger because you told Mm -hmm. us how you stabbed a kid. (laughs) But I believe there's a sheep story too, which we're always up for a good sheep story. (laughs) Wow.
2: Well, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, there it's not as bad as it sounds that I stabbed a kid. You should probably go back and listen to episode 40. Yeah. Um, so we were at youth camp in, oh gosh, years and years ago, and we took these two students. Well, they weren't really part of our youth ministry, but their mum goes to our church and her kids were like off the rails. And she was like, I'm going to pay for them to go and hopefully you all sort my children out. Hmm. Every youth pastor on this podcast knows that feeling. So we took them but they were just like a nightmare. They never came in any of the services. They just they didn't do anything that we said. They mm-hmm. were a nightmare. And so um, we're playing football, American football or no? <laughs> Soccer. Because that would have Sucker. I would have said American football. <laughs> We were playing soccer um <laughs> on the field and um in the afternoon, and a a land rover came like speeding across the campsite, drove in <laughs> like across the field where yeah. we're playing football, like screeched to a stop, like kids like diving out the way, and everything. The oh, farmer geez. gets out of the land rover with a shotgun double <laughs> barrel shotgun over his shoulder. We don't have guns in the u k so this is like yeah scary stuff. Sounds like Norco. And he sort of like, puts it like down the barrel in his other hand, like ready to go and says, who's in charge? Oh my gosh. All the kids like, look at me. All the leaders look at me. <laughs> I'm like, uh, like raise my hand. And he's like, come with me. What? So I'm like, I'm I'm not going to get in your Land Rover and... But you do have a gun, so I am gonna get in your <laughs> Land Rover. I get in this Land Rover. He drives me like up the hill, over the fields, and takes me to like a certain field. We get out the car, and there is a sheep that had been stoned. I'm talking biblical <laughs> level stoning. That reaction is exactly what I. I oh my I, I, gosh. I said, "What? What? what's this? And he said. I
1: haven't had sheep get stoned, but I have kids yeah. get stoned. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows sheep could smoke weed. Guys. So he,
2: he goes, right, two of your, I've just watched two of your young people chase this sheep until it, like, ran out of energy and then dropped stones on it until oh it died.
0: Gosh. Dude. Who's Jeffrey Dahmer? Go to your youth <laughs> ministry, bro. What is wrong with those kids? I
2: don't know who that is, but, pr- but yeah. A probably. serial killer. So I then, I say, um, like, what do you say? Sorry. Well, <laughs> You, you <laughs> guys both <pulled that>. have <laughs> So I said. Sorry. sorry. I said, I'm really you sorry. Have, no,
0: you should have said, my bad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, I'm really sorry. Um, like, you're going to have to show me like, who it was. You knew who it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we get back in the land where we go back to the thing. He he calls these lads out, and I'm like, okay, I'm really sorry. What do I, what do you, what do I need to do? And he says, you're going to have to pay for it. I said, okay, these guys are going to pay for it. Tell me how much it was. 400 quid.
0: Which is like $600. $600 American dollars? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Six hundred $600 free dollars.
2: <laughs> so I said to the, the boys, I said, Boys, you got to go home.
0: Yeah, what? What was their excuse? Like, oh, it was just like for fun. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's oh,
0: my crazy!
2: Gosh. I'm like, you got to go home, but I can't take you.
0: He's taking you. <laughs> 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 get in the Land Rover. So
2: I had to drive to the train station, put them on the train, call their mum, and say, "You're gonna to have to meet these boys at the other end of the, other end of the line."
0: Did they pay for the sheep? Did what? they get to keep the sheep? <laughs> they paid for it. Get the wool, make a jacket out of it. <laughs>
2: No to both of those questions. Did you
0: pay for the sheep? Of course. Oh, my goodness. Did you get
2: so the sheep? I had, no. Who I, got the sheep? I got to go to the church board when I got home with an invoice for a dead sheep <laughs> <laughs> and say to them, could we have an extra 400 quid for our youth camp budget because we killed a sheep?
1: Dang, you should just budget that in every year.
0: <laughs> Did you put the blood Dead. over
2: the mantle
1: <laughs> at least, or something like y- utilize
0: it as an example? Or
2: yeah, I pre I preached on that. But so the guy
0: yeah. legit was using his gun to intimidate you to get in the car. Totally, because I thought like maybe he was he's gonna hunt a sheep or something like that. But like he <laughs> the gun was for the purpose of getting you in the car. But here's
1: my question: So he said he had watched the the boys do. That. Why I, didn't he stop them? Exactly, yeah, he's got a gun,
2: but. That was not a question I was going to ask him. So what's moment. weirder,
1: the boys doing it or some old man watching them do it? <laughs> Yeah,
0: and then being like, yeah. See, I thought with the shotgun. What, also, what's up with your guys' camps? Just sheeps roaming around? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's in, Wh- it's in Wales. There, there literally is sheep everywhere. Okay. So that's, that's not the unusual bit. You yeah. find that unusual and not the psychopathic <laughs> no, teenagers? No, I do.
0: <laughs> but ju- I'm a youth pastor. I'm used to psychopathic What, teenagers. dropping
2: stones on livestock?
0: Yeah. I've
3: never. We've won. all been there. <laughs> 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 See, this has got sideways really quick. I thought this we is, do have a subject today. This was my thought. Was that he had the shotgun? Because th- in my mind, I'm like, the sheep is still alive. Yeah, yeah. And, so and he's going ha- to make you kill, make you kill or like it. like
1: an initiation. So. Yeah. You should change it. You should add that. Okay. We're in ministry. We all know none of our stories are quite (laughs) true. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh man, yeah. Well, like Gary said, we actually do have a topic. Last, um, last week we talked about really leadership develop within our students and even um, and we kind of talked a little bit when it comes to our leadership teams, but today what we want to do is we want to dive into really discipleship in our own lives as youth pastors and then even um, diving a little bit more of discipleship within our own leadership team. And so Paul, kind of want to open the floor again for you just to kind of talk into that for us.
2: Yeah, well I think w- what I sort of was leading towards um last week was this idea that discipleship is something that you graduate from and and that it isn't. You know, we 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 discipleship can be very systematic in the way that we approach it like, you know, you read the Bible in a year, you you have this a lesson or a program. But the reality is discipleship is 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 somewhat ethereal because it's it's you're trying to quantify your relationship with God you know and we have all the expressions like i feel far away from God or mm. you know i'm 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 walking intimately with God at the moment but we know they they don't do they don't really describe what's going on um and i think the ethereal nature of discipleship means that it's just super easy for us to either kind of just leave it and just hope that it happens. Or we go really systematic and go like, yeah, I've done it, I've completed it, I've finished the course. Um, and that is like, to use an illustration I did already, that is like laying a foundation and then building a tower next to it, not on it.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. It's, it's one of my soap boxes right now, just reminding um, youth pastors especially, the importance of not only discipling students, but that you yourself are, are, are a disciple. And, that, you know, we don't have to look far, you know, what makes a leader a leader if in in the Bible? I mean, outside of Jesus, what made the disciples, who in our minds are some of the great examples of leaders, and they went on to be do great things and went all over the world preaching the gospel, but what made them disciples? They followed Jesus. Mm. They were followers of Jesus. and. You know, I think that's where we see so many of the struggles of of leaders in the world today. Without you know going into to depth about different things happening even right now during this time, is we're seeing leaders who who stopped being disciples, who stopped being mm-hmm. followers. Mm-hmm. They're so caught up in the idea that I'm a leader, I'm not a good follower. And if we don't remember what it is and, and in the forefront of who we are as leaders that we are a follower of Christ, then we have lost the idea of what it is to be a godly leader
0: yeah yeah well i think we equate like discipleship as leaders to like our personal devotional time which i think is an element a a major element of it um and like it's not like super glamorous but that's the one thing i always come back to when i'm Mm -hmm. feeling um low far from god whatever we want to put the verbiage into it is like we we want some like complexity to it you know like like I re I was talking with someone last night like I like the story of um Naaman Mm. dipping in the Jordan seven times and I think we use it and we're always like the Jordan was gross and you know but I'm like I, I would prefer that type of faith honestly like tell me what to do how far is the Jordan how many times I have to dip in it and then I'll be okay that makes sense to me you know but there's like this consistency of just like, like Gary saying, following Jesus, spending time with God. And that is like such an important element. But I think the game changer for me in my own personal life and and a, a part of like leadership development that we miss out on is true, authentic, vulnerable relationships i just think i think it's what helped us as students and it's just something like paul the way he put it we don't graduate from it it doesn't stop but the thing is you have to be intentional about that 100 percent. like you have to seek that out as a student it's easier because like you like like paul said you have all those people in your life the leaders and the youth pastors and, and and your parents and teachers and coaches and and they're all like seeking to be that in your life so you and i think it's it's almost a detriment at times because it like makes you think that's how it always should be is that leadership development should be sought out for you. Like people should come and find you and say, I want to meet with you. I want to mentor you. Yeah. But the most authentic, like life-changing relationships I've had, I've sought out. Mm-hmm. I remember being a junior in high school at summer camp, listening to Gary talk about how he'd been in youth ministry for 25 years at that point. And I said, man, I admire that. That's something that I want to do. And so let me just go and talk to him. Yeah. I was, and, and I know not like not everyone's like me where they'll just go do that. But you should. Yeah. hundred And be authentic and be vulnerable and be real and ask those questions. Because we've seen Gary and I were talking about this just in the news. feels like you're constantly seeing another pastor fall mm-hmm. for a moral reason, a financial reason, whatever it is. And I think like that is that thing about like, leadership and discipleship where we can differentiate them. Like, oh, I lead, but am I being discipled? And yeah. last week, if you haven't listened, go back and listen. But we talked about how they are one and the same. Like leaders are discipled and disciples are leaders. And and I think that is like something that a lot of us are missing. And that to me is so important is that vulnerable, authentic relationship you have with mentors, people mm-hmm. who are out of like, maybe it's a lead pastor or, or Gary or Paul or, or whoever. Uh, peers, yeah. like like I think we we compartmentalize it, but it's just so m- many layers of it, and and to me that is one thing that I'm always very intentional about. Yeah. I and 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 I'll tell you, stop saying like, "Well, I don't have that because you know nobody's hitting me up or you know nobody's checking in on me." Mm-hmm. They're not going to. Yeah. Stop waiting for that. Seek somebody out and and let the burden be on you. You set up the meeting with them, like. Like that's how it happens and that's how it works. And, you know, like you look at biblical times, Jesus was like the only rabbi who went and got his own disciples. What Mm -hmm. what was more common is like disciples would would basically like put their application in and be like, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you. And so I think like we've got to remember that we should be the ones who are saying like, Hey, Paul. Do you got time once a month? Can yeah. I talk with you? Or, you know, whoever that is, uh, someone in, in your life, there is that type of person
3: for you. Yeah. And I think speaking off of that, um, I think really, really where we see this like national average when it comes to like youth pastors, being a youth pastor, this is probably one of the, the biggest causes of it is because, because I, to be honest, I, I've gone through that moment myself here at even at our church. Where i feel like i wasn't being poured into but yet i wasn't seeking asking someone to come pour into my life and i think that's where we see burnout i think that's where we see people leaving their church because they feel like they're not being fed um but even on top of that what we were talking about when it comes to being discipled ourselves and really getting poured into i think one of the the hard times especially as we get into leadership positions i think we find ourselves in a moment where we're like oh i am in a leadership position um, I don't have time to sit in services on Sundays anymore. I don't have time to sit and listen to my senior pastor and hear what it is that they have to say. And because we've gotten into that role, that's where we see that burnout. That's where we see these these falls in, in our own sense where we're not being poured into on our Sunday, on our moments where we um, are meant to be. And if you are one of those people that are out there that are listening, they're like, we have one Sunday service. There's not a lot of time for me to do it. How are you being poured into outside of that? And I remember when, I was just starting off in junior high ministry. I didn't have an opportunity to sit in a Sunday morning service. It just, that wasn't how we were set up at that moment. So I remember Monday mornings, my thing was I found a pastor and I listened to him. A lot of it was Stephen Furtick. A lot of it was Craig Rochelle. um, A lot of it was even listening back to my senior pastor's messages, but I made it intentional to be poured into as if I was still there on my Sunday mornings.
0: So on this topic of, uh, mentorship and discipleship i feel like again we did this a lot last episode but i feel like with you guys gary and paul you've had the ability to walk through this longer than we have and especially in the context of youth ministry Mm -hmm. um what has been the biggest practical thing that has gotten you to the place that you're at because like charlie's talking about you look at the national average you look at um, what happens in pastors, not just like messing up and, and having a moral failure or something yeah. like that, but just even just like not sticking it out. That's not been your guys' story. Mm-hmm. So what's something like really practical in that regard, as far as like development and discipleship and just keeping you on course. Cause I know like, that's something I want in my life. And I'm sure there's a lot of youth pastors listening to this that would say, yeah, that's where I want to get to as well. Yeah. I mean,
1: I will always go back to: Are you in God's word? Like, are you like in God's word? Not preparing for a message, not writing a sermon, not not even discipling somebody else. But you specifically, are you in God's word? For you, are you understanding? Are you reading through it? Do you have a um, time that you've set aside? And I know that seems like something like a cliche, like you got to have time every day to do this, but you do. Yeah, like you you can talk a big game and. and there's definitely been times in ministries where I've talked a big game. Uh, and, uh, I'm in God's word. Yeah, you know, I have a good prayer life. and But the truth was I wasn't. I wasn't really. I was I was good at studying. I was good at preparing. I was good at praying for others or praying for people. But when I really stopped and looked at my own personal um, discipleship and um, disciplines, I lacked. Mm-hmm. And, and so many times when we see leaders that are struggling, that are going through certain things, it's because they are not um, in their spiritual disciplines. Example, how many times have we heard someone say to us that God's not talking to me, mm. that I feel like he's silent? And my first response now is open your Bible. Yeah. Because he's silent because your Bible's closed. Because if your Bible was open, it's not silent. He's saying things. If you're reading his scripture, he's That's speaking. Good. Yeah. I mean, even if it's simple as going to all the world and, and make disciples, He's speaking. The Word is speaking. The Word never stops speaking. The only way the Word stops speaking is if you close your Bible. Mm. So if, if you're in a place like that as a leader, if you're in a dry spell, if you're in all of these different things, I tell you, it, it's, God does not stop speaking. Yeah. We stop listening.
2: Good. 100%. I think probably, I would definitely agree with that. Um, the number of times over the years when my friends have like fallen away from God the number one root cause of it is that somewhere they metaphorically closed the Bible Mm -hmm. stopped stopped having a relationship with God but I would say as a second thing to answer your question I think as a leader as a disciple you have to have an unwavering commitment to dealing with your own stuff mm. because everyone has a shadow everyone has their insecurities you don't graduate from that um, not if you're growing you don't because every new season I know that 's a twee expression but like every new level you know has the potential to bring up a greater degree of insecurity about something and insecurity and, and and habits and you know self-soothing that insecurity with with things that are potentially destructive is not something that someone else can take responsibility for. you have to deal with your own stuff um, not alone, but insecurity will will tell you that you have to deal with it by yourself and that you can't you know the enemy says two lies no one's doing that or everyone's doing that hmm. both reasons to not really share it with anybody yeah but if you own your own stuff and you know we we our discipleship cannot be constantly interventions
1: Mm-mm.
2: yeah it has to be in a, in the UK we have this uh, uh, a road test called an MOT test that your car has every year and it's not you don't have it because the car's broke. You have it so it doesn't break. Yeah. Right? And so, uh, discipleship and pastoral care in our churches, if we're not careful, is intervention based. Someone's yeah. marriage is in a mess. Therefore, do the marriage course. Yeah. Someone's relationship with their kids has broken down. Therefore, do the parenting course. Yeah. Someone is, you know, struggling with addiction. So, therefore, we're going to do this and do that. But I reckon as leaders, we have to have an unwavering commitment to not be intervention, but to be MOT, as we would call it. It's good. Actually ahead of the curve. So m- Zoe and I, we've been married for 23 years in September, and we're doing the marriage course now. Good. Not because the pastor told me to do it, or because, you know, we're struggling or we're not getting along, but because my marriage is one of the single most defining relationships in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah you know the person you sleep next to has more influence over you than anybody else in your life yeah. so therefore i want a healthy marriage and i will you know risk the um negative connotation that that might have and yeah. people might say oh you know you're doing that cuz you're in trouble i'm like no i'm doing it cuz i don't want to ever be in trouble <laughs> yeah and that mentality you don't have to do a marriage course but i'm saying that philosophy Actually, that's how discipleship should take place. Not intervention, but like, I don't know what the right word is, proactive or...
0: Prevention. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is too, something you both are talking about, which is just like a a principle in leadership development and discipleship is like, the burden is on you, right? Like I think just sitting around waiting for it to happen, it's not going to happen. You have to take initiative. And it isn't like you do the work. Like that is like the tension of faith, right? Like it's the whole book of James, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not that, it's not faith through works, but like putting your faith to work. And like, it's a real fine line, especially for like a church kid like me who like kind of started to think like, oh, I can just be a good Christian. Like I can earn salvation. And it's like, no, 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 that's totally misunderstood. And like you're, you're getting it wrong. But there is this like, salvation and then sanctification and the process of growth and and i think there is this new thing it's probably already but always been around but it's definitely like really prevalent right now where i think you got to come back to like who are you growing for like like what is the purpose of the growth in your life because i think sometimes we're like well i need i need this so i can get to the next stage it's kind of like the the we faithful with the little ruler over much like we all want to be ruler over much um and so we're we're just faithful with the little because it's what you have to do to get to where you go like it's the stepping stone youth ministry idea like you know uh, these kids you know whatever like i'm yeah. gonna do this so then i could be an executive pastor and then i can lead a pat you know and it's just like the the ladder. and i think that's what spiritual development can be for for people who think like me and not everybody does but very like you see the process, you see the, the way that it goes in people's lives. And you can start to think like, well, this is what I have to do to get to where I need to go. And that's like, you can do the the right thing the wrong way. 100%. You can do leadership development and, and all that type of stuff with the wrong heart and the wrong motive, which I think is like, just as if not more dangerous, like, and so I think that's something listeners should, should go back to is like, what are you doing this for? Like, I was thinking about that last night, like, you know, cause sometimes it's like, it's like reading the the word just to get a sermon. Mm-hmm. You're still doing what you need to do. Technically you're reading the word, but you, you're doing it wrong. Like we, we, you know, I, I, I would just, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. And if I can't be those things, who cares if I'm a good youth alive missionary, you know? And so I think it's just like, getting our priorities straight as leaders, because it's like, well, I got to read my Bible. So then I, I'm a good youth pastor. And it's like, no, like you, you're a son and daughter mm-hmm. first and foremost, a son and daughter of the king. And like, you just need to spend time with God. And and the, the byproduct of that is you will be those things that you need to be like, y- it will benefit you. And there are blessings that come from it. And so I just think it's like, that's a huge part in the process is like, slow down, and, and think about, like, well, what are you Why are you doing this? Because if it's just so that, like, you're a good pastor or, like, you know, you get to where you need to go, um, uh, then, like, you're missing the point.
2: And that's the insecurity thing, mm-hmm. because insecurity will drive that. I think the blueprint is in the book, though, as well, which is what Gary's talking about. You know, we were talking about this recently um, at, uh, at, at Gary's church with the young people. 2 Peter chapter 1 says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. So we, are ha- we have what we need. Um, everything we need for a godly life. So make every effort to add to your faith. And then there's a big long list of... Um, of things that you need to add to your faith. Oh, no, I missed a bit. Sorry. Uh, um, His divine power has given you you everything you need for a godly life through the knowledge of him. Mm -hmm. So that accessing what you need for your life is through knowing God to a greater degree. And then it goes on to say how you do that. It's an unbelievable passage of scripture about discipleship. It says, so therefore, make every effort to add to your faith. And then there's a long list of things that you can add, like brotherly kindness and and perseverance and all of this stuff and then it says if you do this in increasing measure in other words if you commit to do this continually then you will not be unproductive in your knowledge of him yeah. which goes full circle back to how do i get everything i need in my life is through the knowledge of him and i won't be ineffective in doing that which is the key to getting what i need if i com- if i'm committed to adding to my faith so what elliot just described is not just a good idea it is the bible blueprint Mm -hmm. to say i will add to my faith and he he, elliot was just basically saying you know how are you going to do this like that is you taking two peter chapter one going all right i'm not doing this because it's a program or because someone's telling me to do it i'm a big boy now or i'm a big girl now and i'm going to sit down and go okay i've got everything i need for my life that's not that's not my promise that's the that's the book's promise so how do I get it? Well, through the knowledge of him. Okay, how do I become effective and productive in increasing my knowledge of him? I do that through adding to my faith. So what am I going to do? Yeah, That's genius and not my genius. That is the genius of the book, which is why Gary is totally right in what he said, which is open the book.
0: Yeah, that's, I think that's the thing about it, especially like for people like me, it's like I would rather, and I think a lot of us would rather it be mystical and complex, um, but it isn't. And and for whatever reason, like it's simple, but we we don't take it. If it was more complex and more mystical, like if hearing from God was a matter of like uh, rituals and mm-hmm. sacrifices and things, we almost might do that more. Well, than that's Naaman. Just, that's naming that you that's were talking that's about. That's what I'm saying is like that's that's where we get into is like tell me to dip in the Jordan seven times, bro. I got you. I'll do yeah. that. Like, but there's just this like it's consistent um, and it does work, but it's not glamorous. It's it's not it's not mystical. It's mundane. But yeah. that's like and it isn't to say that God doesn't move in those mystical ways. Still, He does. But like that's what we've been like programmed to look for and to want is like I want to go to a camp and I want to have Paul speak, and then I want to have him find me in the crowd, and mm-hmm. I want to have him tell me exactly what I'm going through without me saying anything. Yeah. I and like and that's and, the problem though, is everybody I think gets in this head mindset,
1: and we've all had an experience with with the Lord where He just put something on our hearts, or He spoke it yeah. through us through a dream, mm-hmm. or through someone else. Like yeah, hundred percent. We've all been there, but I think everyone wants that. I want to hear from the Lord, so I want that. Yeah. I don't get the goosebumps anymore, so I want that. Yeah. Instead of the consistency of discipleship of being in God's Word, that's why it's so frustrating when people say, "I'm not being fed" or "I can't hear God." Mm-hmm. Well, if, if you're not going to open the fridge, you're not going to eat. Yeah. If yeah. you're not o- going to open the Word, you're not going to hear. And and if we're if we're going to on one sentence teach the Bible is alive and it's living and it breathes and, and but if it's shut, it's
0: not going to say anything. If yeah. you're not reading it, then it's not speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I would, I would even say you won't be able to have those <laughs> other moments without that, that time spent. Yeah. Because that's that's what fuels you, like all they'll you,
2: all they'll equate to nothing.
0: Exactly, because because it's coming through your own strength and your yeah. own ability. And we all know that it doesn't matter how good your cadence is, it doesn't matter how many tweetable things you know. If yeah. it's not done through uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, no one's life is going to be changed because of it. But if you're not spending time with God and and being filled and ready for those moments, it's like uh, I think Manny Orango is. He says this, he's like, My wife could, I, I could tell my wife I want her to cook me a steak. But if we don't have that in the pantry, she can't cook it for me. She knows how to cook it for me. She's ready, like, she's willing and ready to cook me a steak. But I don't, I don't, I didn't go to the grocery store and I didn't fill the pantry. And so we've got to make sure that the fridge and the pantry is filled. But again, it goes back to it, like, we don't just do it for that purpose because then we're missing it. Like if we're only reading the word yeah. and spending time so that I can preach well on Wednesday night or when I get asked, th- then like we're missing the point. But the byproduct of doing that is you will be able to go to a, a, an event and you will be – because here's the deal. You know what God's voice sounds like. Like, yeah. like that's the important part of getting into the word is it, it helps you to differentiate and discern what is emotion – Mm -hmm. and what is contrived and put on by us and what is consistent with the word of God and what God is saying. Because the best words that have ever been spoken aren't just someone getting like a vibe and being like, I just have a feeling that you're, you know, tired. It's like, yeah, I'm in ministry. Good guess, bro. (laughs) Like, nice. But like, when someone is like, scripture says this like like the the most encouraged i've ever been from somebody is when they go back to the word of god and they speak the word of god over my life and some paul we were talking about it isn't it crazy when someone does that and then they they bring up a scripture you're like is that even in there like (laughs) like i've read the bible i've read the bible and that's exactly what i needed to hear and i didn't even know that was in there you know i would love for god to to say to me today
1: like Gary, I just want to pour this into your heart. You know, you're yeah. gonna get through this, or you're going to be you're gonna be out of debt, or mm-hmm. you know, your kids are gonna be okay. And um, I want I would love for him to speak like that. But you know what I did today? I read parts of First Samuel. That's where I'm at in my Bible reading. So I read First Samuel, and there's stuff that spoke to me about what's happening in Saul's life that speak to me. Not necessarily everything I want I want to hear right now. Yeah, but it's what the Word of God is saying right now. Yeah, what I,
2: we're describing is the spiritual discipline that Jesus calls remaining in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In John 15, he says, remain in me and I will remain in mm-hmm. you. And then he says, and this is terrifying. Youth pastors, hmm. listen to the words of Jesus. He says, apart from me, yeah. you can do no thing, nothing. It doesn't say apart from me, you won't be busy or popular or cool or a great youth pastor mm-hmm. it says you can do nothing and the context of that that Bible passage is fruit hmm so you apart from me you can do nothing no fruit in your life mm. so we're talking about remaining this is not rocket science but it is rare no I, it's unfair to say that it seems rare sometimes yeah that we're just not remaining in Christ yeah and that's uh, your young people your wife your kids they need you to remain in jesus yeah,
0: yeah. it's not glamorous but it is effective mm-hmm. and i think that's the thing is like this isn't a complicated conversation uh but, but we got to be consistent
2: that goes back to naaman because he was like all his mates were saying to him if if the man of god told you to do something complex yeah or intense then you would do it but because it's easy or yeah. simple mm-hmm. i think the new living translation says you're not doing it, just do it yeah and we have we have like intensis- intensity versus consistency problems. It's like you know, don't have dental surgery for thousands of dollars. Brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah yeah you know what I'm saying yeah and it's boring and like underwhelming, but better.
0: <laughs> yeah no, it's true it's good and I yeah. think that's like these principles mixed with. Um those types of relationships that's, that speak this into you, you know what I'm saying? Like like that's the thing is you need people you can be real and vulnerable with um, who aren't trying to solve and fix your problems on their own, but they're going to point you back to what the Word of God is saying. Yeah. Like that's how th- all of this works together. 100%. But I would say you you do that personal, devotional thing that nobody else can do for you, mixed with having that intentional mentorship, relational vulnerability, you're going to grow. yeah, And and so, but again, the burden is on you. Don't wait for God to open the clouds and speak directly to what you need. Open your Bible. Yeah. Don't wait for some random person to come up and say, hey, I just feel like I'm supposed to mentor you. Like God, can God do both of those things? Sure. But what is more consistent and what do we see yielding more results is you saying, I'm going to open my word and I'm going to seek somebody out. Whether it's yeah. my pastor, someone, a part of the SoCal student ministry team, like the best, one of the best decisions I ever made was as a junior in high school. And it started as a simple conversation. Hey man, you don't know me. My name is Elliot. And, uh, I, I want, I want to be where you're at one day. And that led to coffee. That led to an internship that led to what we're even doing now. The
1: greatest bromance. Exactly. Come on, bro. (laughs) But I'm
0: saying that that came from, from a junior in high school saying, I'm not going to just wait for this dude to like see me in a service and say, all right, there's something special about you. Yeah. I'm like, I want, I want to, I want your voice in my life. And, and so I'm saying like, you can do that
3: yeah. and you should do that. hundred percent, man, Paul, it's been amazing having you on the podcast. Um, Elliot, Gary, thank you so much for being here today. Um, Paul, before we do leave this podcast and this episode right now, is there anything that you want to just share and encourage us with um, before you get ready to leave?
2: Well, I just want to say thanks because uh, I'm used to hearing this podcast in my earphones while I'm running. Mm. So to be in the room with the Trinity (laughs) is a a blessing. Um, We're going to get struck by lightning (laughs) (laughs) bro. Can I say
1: this too, though, Charlie, that um, just to let everybody know, any of your youth pastors that might be interested, um, next February, so it's a little bit of time, but February 2023, um, Paul's Church Audacious puts on a a great conference for pastors and leaders, Mm -hmm. and Elliot and I have gone multiple times, and Elliot and I are going to lead a team this uh, this year to go, a team of pastors and and Christians and leaders that want to go with us, and um so if you are interested in making that trip and making that journey with us, um I know that Charlie's gonna go this year and yeah. we actually have a police officer in the room right now yeah. too and he's, he's our, coming he's with coming us. us our security yeah, section. And uh and so just encourage you if that's something you'd wanna do and just uh get some time with us, get some time with Paul and uh go to a great conference, come join us.
3: Yeah, it's gonna be a great time, but Paul will
0: also be at summer camp too, so go to
1: summer
3: camp. Even better. Other than that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed it, and we will catch you on the next podcast.